in-depth conversation season three with Melina B, a brand new season and new mini series coming out as much as I can bring out to you with a whole range of topics to talk about in depth. Let's get to it. Let's get in depth. Everyone, welcome to in-depth conversation season three, episode two. Um Mental Health During a Global Pandemic, Part 2 of this mini-series that I've started. Um, first, I wanted to say I know I've been gone for almost like two weeks at this point. Um, so I just wanted to address that. Um, I've had some um, family health scares and stuff that has been going on. And thankfully, everything slowly recovery is happening I don't want to get too into it yet until I, everything is kind of where it needs to be. Um, but yeah, it's been almost like six days of what's been going on. Six, almost a week. Um, and it's been really difficult and scary. Um, so I just wanted to address that. And I know I've been saying I'll be getting onto this podcast, but everything was so flooded with a lot of responsibility I had with my parents and stuff like that. Um, so everything was kind of up in the air and, um, I decided to just take a pause until I can figure out what to do and stuff like that. So now I'm back. So thank you so much for your patience. Um, yeah. So getting on to the episode, um, as we enter um, World Mental Health Awareness. Um, It's almost surreal because we had the Bell Less talk here in Canada um, for mental health just, what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago? So, um, and there was a lot of talk about is this really helping mental health and are we really addressing the causes of especially with COVID and the pandemic and everything that's going on in our world right now are we really helping people right now Uh, so that begs the question right now are we um so it's almost surreal to look back on the year that we've had and think about like spring came on and then we had the restrictions and then summer like we didn't have the usual vacations and patios and lounging with friends um we were instead faced with stark reality that the majority of the season would be spent isolated and confined indoors um most people in our world right now are facing um variants of the covid coronavirus um, which is scary because they're apparently very aggressive. Um, so, and it has hit a couple cases here in Canada. Um, it seems to be like never ending kind of situation and it can feel daunting, especially to your mental health. Um, the pandemic has brought so much emotional, um, instability for many who individuals who previously perceived the world to be safe or predictable place and resulting in the negative impacts on their mental health. Unfortunately, people who have experienced mental health conditions such as anxiety disorder and depression in the past found that these uh, feelings are, are magnified by the pandemic. 
In fact, those with a pre-existing mental health diagnosis were more likely to report worsening conditions since the pandemic. I mean, you often hear people saying they feel more stressed, worried, and depressed during COVID. Uh, And studies have shown that stress levels have been reported to have doubled. People working from home joke about their alcohol consumptions. But the reality is there has been a significant increase in substance abuse with alcohol consumption having increased by over 25%. People are not only concerned about their own mental health, but also that of their friends and family. And this worry combined with job loss, financial concerns, and the social isolation that has come along with the lockdown has had a significant impact on mental health and of the overall population around the, the globe. Um, mental health issues are further compounded by those who don't contract COVID-19. As many as one, to th- one third of people who have had COVID describe lingering neurological and con- ne- cognitive symptoms such as difficulty thinking, fumbling with words, depression, anxiety, or PTSD. There is growing consensus that the disease may have long-lasting effect on the brain. The reality is sinking in that uh, long COVID, like long-haul COVID, as it's called in various countries, is a new chronic illness. Um, Studies of responses to disasters show that the majority of people are resilient and are able to cope with the stressors of the sudden change in environment. However, many more people struggle and along with the overall higher level of anxiety in our societies, there are reports of increase in suicides and overdose which are contributed to COVID. Um, The resulting mental health issues arising from COVID have created a second pandemic one which has yet to be fully recognized. In fact, rather than an increase in mental health support, the needs to distance and isolate has resulted in the magnitude or the closure of amenities or the closure of amenities has resulted in fewer or less accessible mental health services in in an already underserviced and stigmatized sector it's important for healthcare systems to recognize mental health as a significant issue and put strategies in place to address it. For, from a, a systems perspective, training about the mental health impact of COVID-19 should occur at all levels from healthcare leaders from first responders to healthcare workers given that covid-19 is most likely to be assessed and treated by healthcare providers who focus on acute care and have the expertise in mental health efforts must make an integrated mechanism for identifying referring and treating those with mental health concerns as a part of their routine care healthcare sectors including emergency responses Acure care and long-term care and community care led by mental health care leaders should work together to create an efficient and seamless plan for the 
for the care of those with mental health issues. Healthcare providers and especially nurses are well positioned to support patients and the public during this time. Offering stress management and coping strategies may be helpful, such as suggesting a reduction of triggers that set off anxiety, turning off electronics that are constantly bombarding up with news of the pandemic, such as phones and televisions. For example, engaging in a mindful activity, such as some light reading, puzzles, or exercising may also help. Maintain a healthy diet while reducing smoking and alcohol can also decrease anxiety. Lastly, establishing a daily routine may be extremely important factor when people are feeling stuck at home. Nurse, uh, nurses can facilitate their patients in remembering that while the world feels like it may be on hold, we can find enjoyment in the small things in life by practicing gratitude and focusing on the positive things that are to come in the future. In the cases where most comprehensive assessments and treatments are required, nurses are can ensure that people have contacts to mental health assistance. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the world as well as as we all work to contain the virus to keep as many people as possible safe, we shouldn't forget the mental health repercussions of this time. COVID will last in our memories long after a vaccine. Uh, uh, we have a vaccine and we're all vaccinated, but the mental health crisis it brought may be with us for much longer. So if you have anything that you want to talk to, or anyone, you can call CAN, Mental Health in Canada. Um, they are willing to have conversation with you if you need it at any time. They are really resourceful with helping those that are struggling with mental health. Um, I also have a couple tips here. One second. Healthy at home mental health. Here we go. Looking after our mental health as countries introduce measures to restrict movement as part of efforts to reduce the number of people infected with COVID-19, more and more of us are making huge changes to our daily routines. The new reality of working from home, temporary, un temporary unemployment, homeschooling of children and lack of physical contact with other family members, friends or colleagues takes time to get used to and it's been a year of this so we can only imagine how much toll it's taken on us adapting to lifestyle changes such as these and managing the fear of contracting the virus and worry about people close to us who are particularly vulnerable are challenging for all of us they can be particularly difficult for people with mental health conditions Fortunately, there are a lot of things that we can do to look after our own mental health to help others who may need some extra support and care. Keep informed. Listen to advice and recommendations, but don't listen to too much where it's too much for you to take in. Minimal, limit it. Limit your um, interaction with the news or articles that you see. 
Have a routine. Again, they're saying it as well. Have your daily routine as much as possible or make a new one. Change it up a little bit. Get up and go to bed at a similar time every day. Keep up with your personal hygiene. Eat healthy meals at regular times. Exercise regularly. Allocate time for working and time for resting. Make time for doing things you enjoy. Minimize news feeds. Social contact is important. If your movements are restricted, keep in regular contact with people close to you by telephone and online channels. Alcohol and drug drug use. Limit the amount of alcohol you drink or don't drink at all. Don't start drinking alcohol if you have not drunk alcohol before. Avoid using alcohol and drug as a way of dealing with fear, anxiety, boredom, and social isolation. There's there is no evidence of any protective affecting effect of drinking alcohol for viral or other infections. In fact, the opposite is true and as the harmful use of alcohol is associated with increased risk of infection and worse treatment outcomes. And be aware that alcohol and drug use may prevent you from taking sufficient precautions to protect yourself against infection such as such as complacence with hand hygiene. Video games, while video games can be a way to relax, it can be tempting to spend more time on them than usual when at home for long periods of time. Be sure to keep the right balance with offline activities in your daily routine. Help others. If you're able to, offer support to people in your community who may need it, such as health Helping them with food sh- sh- uh, shopping. <laughs> Support health workers. Take opportunities online or through your um, community to thank your country. Cares. Yeah, so thank your country's healthcare workers and all those that are working to respond with COVID 19. You can take food to the nurse, not to the hospital. I'm just saying if you know someone, help them out. Because when you help someone out, if it's a neighbor, you you go grab groceries or something like that. Grab something for a neighbor. If you have a senior neighbor or something like that, an elderly couple or something like that, and you leave it at the doorstep, trust me, you're helping them and it'll make you feel better inside also found some of the research that I looked up during the pandemic points to concerns around poor mental health and well-being for children and their parents, particularly mothers, as many are experiencing challenges with school closures and lack of childcare. Women with children are more likely to report symptoms of anxiety and or depressive disorder than men with children 49% versus 40% in general both prior to and during the pandemic women have reported higher rates of anxiety and depression compared to men the pandemic has disproportionately affected the health of communities of color non-hispanic black adults 48% and hispanic or latino adults 46% and are more likely to report symptoms of anxiety and or depressive disorder than non-Hispanic white adults, 41%. Historically, these communities of color have faced challenges of accessing mental health care. Many essential workers continue to face a number of challenges, including risk, greater risk of con- contracting the 
virus than other workers. Compared to non-essential workers, essential workers are more likely to report uh, symptoms of anxiety and or depressive disorder, 42% versus 30%. Starting or increasing substance abuse, 21% to 11%, and suicidal thoughts, 21% versus 8% during the pandemic. Both those newly experienced mental health and uh, substance abuse disorders and those already diagnosed before the pandemic may require mental health substance use services but could face additional barriers because of the pandemic. Prevalence of mental health and substance abuse disorder during the pandemic. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Concerns about mental health and substance abuse have grown, including concerns about suicidal uh, thoughts or uh, suicide. 41% of adults reporting symptoms of anxiety and or depressive disorder and a share that have a largely uh, stable since spring 2020. In a survey from June 2020, 13% of adults reported new or increased substance abuse due to COVID-related stress. And 11% reported uh, uh, that it worsened due to the pandemic early in 2020. Show that drug overdose deaths, uh, early 2020 data show that drug overdose deaths were particularly pronounced from March to May 2020, coinciding with the start of pandemic-related lockdowns. As was the case prior to the pandemic, adults in poor general health, which may reflect both physical and mental health, continue to report higher rates of anxiety and or depression than adults in good general health. For people with chronic illness in particular, particular, the uh, the already high likelihood of having a concurrent mental health disorder may be exhilarated by their vulnerability to severe illness from COVID-19. Recently, a study also found that 18% of individuals, including people with or without a past psychiatric diagnosis, who received the COVID-19 diagnosis were later diagnosed with a mental health disorder, such as anxiety or mood disorders. Older adults are also more vulnerable to severe illnesses from COVID-19 and have experienced increased level of anxiety and depression during the pandemic. Mental health during the pandemic is occurring against a backdrop of high rates of mental illness and substance abuse than existed prior to the current crisis. Prior to the pandemic, one in 10 adults reported symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder. Nearly one in five adults report 41, yeah, nearly one in five adults reported having any mental health, mental illnesses. In 2018, over 48,000 died by um, 48,000 Americans died by suicide, and on average across 2017 and 2018, nearly 11 million adults 
reported having serious thoughts of suicide in the past year. Additionally, deaths due to drug overdose were four times higher in 2018 than in 1999, driven by the opioid crisis. There are a variety of ways um, the pandemic has likely affected mental health, particularly with widespread social isolation and resulting from necessary safety measures, of course. A broad body of research links show isolation and loneliness to both poor mental health and physical health. The widespread expression of loneliness became a public health concern even before the pandemic. Given its um, association with reduced lifespan and a greater risk on both mental and physical illnesses. A health track polling conducted in late March 2020, shortly after many stay-at-home orders were issued, found those sheltering in place were more likely to report negative mental health effects resulting from worry or stress related to COVID compared to those not sheltering in place. Some prior epidemics have induced general stress and led to new mental health and substance abuse issues. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues, different populations are in increased risk to experience poor mental health and may face challenges accessing needed care. Young adults throughout the pandemic, anxiety, depression, sleep disruption, and thoughts of suicide have increased for many young adults. They have experienced a number of pandemic-related consequences, such as closures of university, transitioning to remote work, and loss of income or employment. That may contribute to poor mental health, Um, A household pulse survey finds that throughout the pandemic, a large share of young adults ages 18 to 24 have reported symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder, uh, 56% as of December 2020, compared to um, older adults. As uh, an earlier survey from June 2020 showed similar findings for young adults uh, uh, related to all adults, uh, relative to all adults, the survey also found that substance use and suicide, um, thought, suicidal thoughts are particularly pronounced for young adults. Within twenty five percent of reporting, they started or increased substance abuse during the pandemic, and twenty six percent reported serious thoughts of suicide prior to the coronavirus um, outbreak. Young adults were already at high risk of poor mental health and substance abuse disorder, yet many did not receive treatment. So we obviously have a lot to deal with when this um, pandemic is over because we are not getting, a lot of people are not getting the treatment when it comes to mental health. And that's devastating because... um, People are really struggling and they're not able to access the mental health services that they need. And that shouldn't be. And we need to find a way to help these people. We need to help ourselves and others find a way to make this. Whether it's going to these politicians' butts and figuring out how we can make more 
access to mental health facilities and services for us because it's for us to cope and these it's already mental health is already has a stigma attached to it with the lack of treatment and taking care of ourselves but especially during a pandemic it shows way more now how we're really not getting the care that we need. Um, So we're going to need to address that going forward. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I will be back soon. Bye, guys.